In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. As you heard the big voice guy say, he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We really appreciate you being along uh, alongside with us. We're getting ready for the Browns. And the New England Patriots, in fact, Nick Fitzy Stevens is going to join us a little bit later in the show. And we're going to talk about what's going on in Boston, because I think the one thing about this game that's super interesting going into it is who's going to play quarterback. You know, is it is it going to be Mac Jones, who seemed to be getting a little bit better as the week was going on, or Bailey Zappi, who I don't uh, like I know nothing about. I'll be honest with you. And I don't know that a whole lot of people do other than the fact he got some snaps and it sounds like he's pretty well liked in Boston. But. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And does it matter? Because I know that, you know, we heard Kevin Stefanski say we got to prep for both these guys. Yeah, I mean, they are prepping for both of them, um, which considering how the Browns defense has gone the last couple of weeks, Andy, <laughs> that's a that's a wrinkle in and of itself. Right. Uh, they've right. got enough problems to fix, let alone having to spend the week prepping to face two quarterbacks. So, um yeah, and, and you're right. Just you don't know a lot about them. And they played the Lions last week. Like it's not like they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Kansas City Chiefs or one of the league's elite. Like they beat the Lions. Great. So it, it's really hard to get a, a read on Zappy. All right. So, but you got to get ready. I just think that any team that's going to play the Browns, and I just. I'm worried about the coaching aspect of this game because I think Bill will destroy Kevin in this game if it comes down to who's up with the you know what coach is going to out coach in this game. I don't I don't have any. It's not that I don't have faith in Kevin. I just not against Bill Belichick. I just think this is the kind of game where Bill knows exactly what he wants to do, and as long as the guys execute what he wants, I think if they run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It's see you later. Well, and Bill right now is throwing bouquets in the Browns' direction. And right. we all know Bill still holds a grudge. Um, and But it's not like it's the Browns. It's not like anybody I, I who's know, here right now has just, anything it, to do with it. It doesn't matter. He still holds a grudge against Cleveland. So um, he's going to want to take it to the Browns. So when he's talking about Kevin Stefanski and what a great young coach he is and Nick Chubb and this offense and how powerful it is and how fast the defense yeah, defense might be fast, but they can't tackle where the crap and they can't stop anybody. So other than that, things are great. I mean, it's just like, this is what Bill Belichick does. He always butters up his opponents. And, and that's what he did uh, on Wednesday when he was talking about the Browns, but you know, the Browns have their own problems that they've got to get figured out. And like Bill Belichick is the absolute worst coach that you can go against when you're trying to figure problems out because right. Bill Belichick exploits your weaknesses and exacerbates your problems like that. Bill has made a hall of fame career of doing that for the last 30 years as a head coach. So um, it, this is going to be a real tough game for the Brownies on Sunday. All right. You're talked about it a little bit on our show today. You're saying that these guys are starting to take accountability for the mistakes that are happening. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how many times that Jacoby Brissett can say it's my fault. I take the blame. Like, I just, I don't know how many times he can say that. The the bottom line is. Actually hear it and and believe him when he says it. You know, when you believe it, when they start playing better. That's the whole, don't throw a pick at the end of the game and people will believe it. Fair? Yeah, don't put him in a position where he's the guy that has to save the game because he's not the guy that that is capable of saving games. Like, that's just the, the cold, hard math. 
Um, he's done a great job for, to use your phrase, 57 minutes a game. He does a great job. And then the, the, the final three minutes, unfortunately, he's thrown picks. But, I mean, they, they have had opportunities to win games in spite of him throwing those picks, and they've not gotten it done in other areas. Um, he talked about today playing complimentary football. Look, Bill Belichick does – Kevin Stefanski is kind of taking a page from Bill Belichick here with Jacoby Brissett, right? He's tried to play complimentary football around Brissett so Brissett doesn't have to carry the team. Strong running game, receivers, quick – you know, pat, all the, those type of things, right? Right. Belichick has done that for years and years and years. Anytime he's had to slide in a, a quarterback that's not named uh, Tom Brady, but well, I even think uh, Daryl in the beginning he didn't want Brady. He wanted he wants that quarterback position to be like a running back spot or something like that. That the, you don't have to be a superstar to be that. What'd you say that again? He wants plug and play. That's exactly what he wants. I agree with that, and I think that when he brought Tom Brady along in the beginning, he just found the ultimate plug and play guy, but. Tom became much bigger, right? He became yeah. much bigger than than I think Bill wanted him to be. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and that that marriage lasted for a very, very long time, which in any sport is is hard. I mean, the NFL is the ultimate ego sport, right? Right. It's it is the macho bravado of macho bravado sports out there. Uh, it's a lot of players like to say it's a, it, it's a gladiator sport. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that that relationship did last as long as it did. But I think at some point after winning their sixth Super Bowl, they just got sick of each other. And and that was that. Right. And, right. and, and Tom Brady never well, really. I made... also think that it, it, it became is it Bill or is it Tom? Is it Bill yeah. or is it Tom? Is it Tom? It's chicken or egg. And, and, guess, just... and, and guess who's won a Super Bowl without the other? Well, I know. And I thought that, that was big for him, too, because I believed it was uh, like for the first. I don't know, for the majority of the whole thing, I was like, this is all Bill. This is yeah. all Bill. And we saw it here. And you, I, I was like, but then all of a sudden I was like, oh, maybe it is Tom. Maybe it is Tom Brady. I don't know. Maybe it's both. Right. Maybe it's both. By the way, nice Boston accent. Baston. Baston. Is that a Baston? Baston. Baston. Boston Baskin. Um, what do we got? Did uh, don't we have a little bit of sound here that we can play? Oh yeah, here you go. Um, <clears throat> this is this is specifically for you because okay. Jacoby Brissett lacks so much accountability as a quarterback. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, just look at our drives from last game. Three and out on the second down that I could have had Chubb on a, a big play and picking a red zone. Just things like that where it's just like that has nothing to do with the defense, but everything to do with us. And I think that's still the case. When we've self-scout throughout the years, it's always been us that stopped us. We've been an inch away or a play away or an assignment away from not being stopped. So, yeah. And, and again, Jacoby never, ever says that he's the guy that screwed up. Um, so uh, how well, you're is painting a picture that I'm saying this all the time? Here, it's not about what he says; it's about what he's doing at the end of the game. I look. I like Jacob. I, I want. I want to desperately want him to win a game at the end of the game. I want him to be able to lead a fourth quarter comeback. And well, I want to, but our fourth quarters suck. Well, We're bad in the fourth quarter. Go ahead. Here, here, uh, here we go. Here's Jacoby talking about just what you were asking him to stop doing. It just hasn't bounced our way yet. Obviously, just the interception is. It had nothing to do with the defense. It had something to do with me. And. Just focusing in on those. That's all it really is. It's just focus and, and concentration. And, and and I think doing that uh, helps 
the outcome of games. See, there you go. He just said, don't blame the defense. Blame me. I'm the one that threw the pick. It's all my no, fault. I'll blame the defense, too. I, but the, our fourth quarter offense has been so inefficient in the it, it, through all five games. It's been mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling to me. You can't. You got to be up by a lot going in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, you can forget about it, right? Nick Chubb said the same thing. He's like, hey, when, when I look at the offense, yeah, we're, we've beaten ourselves. Like, the only time we've gotten stopped is when we've stopped ourselves. With, yeah, but it ain't Nick's mistake. fault. He's getting pulled off the field. Oh, of course. Uh, that, well, that drives me nuts. Or he's getting overthrown when he's <laughs> running down the field. Right? I, I mean, Nick Chubb is the last guy on earth I'm blaming for these last no, three. I, I wasn't blaming him. I was Darryl, saying, I heard you. you blame, I heard you say Nick Chubb is the reason we lost. All right, now I we're even for all your painting that. this picture that I'm saying he's not holding himself accountable. I'm just saying that that Nick reaffirmed what Brissett had to say about the, the offense, shooting themselves in the foot, and, uh, you know, things, things should be going. Look, the, in spite of how – Terrible Jacoby Brissett's been in the final three minutes of games. They're still putting up 26-plus points per game here, Andy. Like, this is not an offense that is struggling to put points on the board or struggling to sustain any type of drives or, or rhythm or anything. So, I hear you. The inter- he's got to stop the interceptions late in games. Of course, in other news, water's wet, the sky is blue. Yeah, you could say that. I've heard this one before. I'm just telling yeah. you. Like last last game was the first game I was like, really, I'm like, dude, you just don't need to do that. You're you're trying to do something you're you don't need to do. But again, he's 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 being asked to do stuff that we're asking him to play quarterback. Right. If you see it's open and you know we need a field goal, just know what's going on in the game. That, there's only one game where I've been this way. I'll be nice. The first time it happened with 22 seconds, I'm like, they put him in a really crappy spot. And I respected him for that. The next time, I'm like, well, you kind of threw into triple coverage a little bit, but I'll let it slide because you shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. This last one was on him. It truly was. And so I'm not going to change my mind on that. And I think he'll bounce back this week as long as they continue to run the ball, run the ball, which they do what second best in the NFL behind the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's go behind enemy lines when we come back. Are you good with that, Gerald? Do you want to go behind enemy it. lines? All right. His name is Fitzy. And you'll I've meet got, I've, I've, I've got my, my cameras ready. My spy cameras are ready. Oh, you do? You've got them. Good for you. You better got, do... got the air gauges standing by. We're back. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. We are really, really honored to have our first guest ever on the show. I mean, this is gigantic. Nick Fitzy Stevens joins us. He is from WEI, and uh, he's on Six Rings and Things, right? Isn't Six Rings and Things our podcast? Yeah, Six there. Rings and Football Things. Six Rings I, I, and Football I, I, Things. Yeah, I guess that probably could have gone to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers podcast as well, but considering the factory of sadness that uh, formerly Ketchup Stadium is in right now, they borrowed <laughs> the title from you guys. We figured we could run with it. I'm surprised you're not. It's always game day in Boston because everybody else has hacked that from us. Cincinnati, yeah. Buffalo, who else? I, yeah, I know, right? What's up? With, what's up with other people like you know copying the IP within the company here? Like it's always game day in blank. Like you guys got that and ran with it, sort of like playing playing homage, of course, to to Philadelphia and the great TV right. show. Like you know, come up with your own podcast title, guys. Uh, you could uh, okay. talk to our. You two, could two talk words to our to you. Billable That's hours it. less for the legal department to vet. <laughs> Yeah, oh, ex- exactly. Because we, don't, well, how many different lawyers do we have on retainer as well? And and you, and you know, after this, I'm gonna jump off and do a quick spot on the Buffalo Bills podcast. It's called Thirteen Seconds or Less. 
I just need to get that in there because I know Buffalo Bills think they run the AFCs for the next 10 or 15 years. But until they're, they win a ring, then it doesn't mean a thing to me. Listen to that. That's poetic. All right, who's playing quarterback for you? Can you help me with that first? Who's That's a great question. That is the million-dollar question. Or as Bill Belichick would say, because he loves making references from before my time, that's uh, a $64,000 question right there, Andy. Uh, I, my guess right now, I still say they play the kid. I'm still all about the zappy hour, and not just because he's injected um, a necessary breath of life into the fan base, into the team, and into the 2022 storyline. I, I think I think the Patriots have a pretty good chance of, of winning Sunday because the two teams facing off Sunday at, at First Energy are very similar. Some are even calling this like the Spider-Man meme game because it's sort of like, hey, you have a lousy run defense and an opportunistic secondary and rely heavily on the run. Hey, so do you guys. Hey, you used to play for the Patriots. Hey, so did you. Hold on a second. We're the same. Stefanski wants to be Belichick. Belichick used to coach there. Everyone loves and hates Belichick. OMG, this is the same damn teams playing each other. Um, I still think Bailey Zappi could win the game. But from what I saw now at practice earlier today, it looks like Mac Jones legitimately is trending in the right direction. And I don't just think that that was Patriots front office speak that Jeremy Fowler was sort of like chumming the waters with earlier saying Mac has a decent chance to play. Um, I would rather rest him as long as possible. And I would rather also Mac Jones sit back and see what the Patriots are doing over the last couple of games by just taking it easy, running very fundamentally sound football, enough with the 50-50 shots, just run, run, play action, smart, protect the ball, uh, you know, do everything you can to bring out your strengths and attack their weaknesses. Um, but if he's healthy, I think it'll be Mac Jones. So right now it's a complete coin flip. So is Boston trying to steal Cleveland's the backup quarterback is the most popular dude on the team bit now? Is that yeah. what's going on here? That's it. That's exactly what we were going for. I think the Patriots a couple of weeks ago were like, ah, this season isn't going the way we want to. Who can we look to for inspiration? Who has America really rallied around recently that we could possibly tap into the good vibes of? Oh, I know Cleveland. Because when all else fails, you go Browns. Right? Am I right, guys? Uh, oh, you have no choice. Absolutely. Yeah, You're 100%. There's no right. choice. Uh, America loves it. Amer oh, God, there's nothing America loves. It's, God, what a strange, strange time this is for the Cleveland Browns to go from, like, America's, you know, tough luck, hard loss, sweetheart that everyone sort of pulls for or leaves a candle and an empty beer and maybe a half-eaten Polish boy in the window for. And now everyone's just like, ugh, the Browns? Gross. Uh, and it's that's all it Deshaun, makes me, though, right? That's all. Yeah, one hundred percent. Haslam and Deshaun, one hundred percent. What's it, what's the Cleveland vibe on Deshaun in Boston? Oh, terrible! And this is coming from Boston, and it's you know it's hard it's hardly as if like Boston doesn't have anything that it should should rather I should say shouldn't repent for or isn't guilty of. I mean, like you you know it, name the accusation, and there's a good chance Boston or the Patriots or Belichick or whatever has committed it, done it. Or you guys didn't figure out that we did it. And, you know, that's fine. Hey, listen, you know, if you know, if you if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Right. Uh, but uh, no, that's all. That's all about Deshaun in that regard. Um, and it's a very strange spot to be in, too, because, you know, obviously you got the 20 years of Brady. Then Cam Newton comes in as the bright, shiny object over here for a year to try and distract everyone during covid. And he's the guy who follows the goat. And then they get Mac Jones and Mac Jones basically just 
flashes in the pan last year. They go back to the playoffs. They buy a relevant squad spending, you know, the budget of a Pirates of the Caribbean movie and free agency. Uh, they go 10 and seven, but they get their doors, their teeth and their jowls blown off uh, by Buffalo, not even making them punt in not one, but two consecutive games over a three week span. And hope is kind of lost. And the way this season started, the install of the new offense, the rocket surgeons and the formerly failed head coaches coming in as the offensive coordinators or the point scoring brain trust, whatever you want to call Patricia Judge Belichick at all. It was bumpy. It was ugly. And everyone was ready to bail. Ratings were down. Morale was low. And all it took was some scrappy looking little six footer with a buzz cut to come in and that aw shucks, golly gee whiz attitude. And next thing you know, Boston's like, hey, this guy, he looks like Welka and he throws a nice pass. I think I like him. Let's go. And so now all of a sudden people are charged up. And I think that's kind of why people would like to see Zappy play one or two more times because there's a definite feeling in Pat's nation now of uh, a renewed sense of hope and energy again. Well, you know, so much uh, credit is being given to the Patriots this week because they blew out Detroit last weekend. And I like to remind everybody, it's the Lions. Um, that being said, it's like a dad dunking on his nine year old in the park, right. like like playing hoop, <laughs> playing hoops in the driveway. Like every now and again, dad wants to give like, you know, a rock bottom or a pile driver to their kid when you're wrestling on the bed <laughs> just to remind the kid who's in charge or to feel good about yourself. But come on, you're dunking on a nine year old. But but this uh, Stevenson, you know, ha ran for what one sixty or so. He basically had a Nick Chubb day uh, mm -hmm. against the Lions. I'm guessing this is what the plan is for the Patriots. They're going to kind of copy what the Browns have tried to do offensively with Jacoby Brissett, and that is just kind of really work off him. Is that is that is that uh, how you see it? Uh, completely. And if you know what's funny about. Dame, uh, excuse me, rather, I should say Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I don't know a lot of other Ramondres. I don't know why I would get his name wrong. But like Ramondre Stevenson or the Ramonster, as some people like to call him. Um, he's kind of like, it's interesting, like Damian Harris is like a, a one-cut power back. Uh, very traditionally styled, but he gets hurt a lot. He's a good running back. But uh, Stevenson is like, it's almost like if you took Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt fully healthy and you put them in like the brundle fly machine or like, you know, that's a deep pull for everyone who didn't know. I just referenced the fly. Um, you just put him in like some sort of machine where you fuse the best of both of them. Like he's got soft hands. He's great catching the ball. He's got great lateral movement and juke ability. But if you need him to put a shoulder down and get some things done and say, Hey, I'm the juggernaut blank. Then he can also do that as well. He's, he's about six, one, two Um, Definitely at times will remind people of Le'Veon Bell, but also has power adjacent to somebody like Nick Chubb. Nick Nick Chubb is not even a real person. I mean, he's he is like he's I call him the weather because whether you prepare for it or not, it's going to come. And whenever it arrives, it's still going to be more miserable than you predicted or prepared for. And believe me, none of that has to do with the fact that you drafted the wrong Georgia running back, Belichick. That's called Sony Michelle syndrome. That's okay. We have drafted the wrong player for the last, I don't know, 20 something years. So we finally got two right. Right, Darryl? Was that the original title of this podcast? Welcome we, back to We Drafted the Wrong Player Again with Daryl. <laughs> no, it's yeah, actually. We get that through legal. We tried. No. Or draft days so are Super Bowl. <laughs> that was the exactly. other one. Exactly. Like, hey, it's, it's welcome back to the backwards. Yeah. 1999. <laughs> 
That's what the Welcome Browns back to doing. the backwards stadium walk with Daryl and Andy. Yeah, uh, I, I always I, say that the, anyone that goes in the Hall of Fame from 1999 to present day that re, that's from the, a, the AFC North, it is a requirement in their Hall of Fame speech that they thank the Cleveland Browns because <laughs> the Browns are the reason they put together a Hall of Fame career. Why, just because we were good for two uh, wins a year for them? At 100%. least? 100%. Uh, I listen, I, I think a lot of people like I, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think a lot of people do like love Cleveland and that's why they're kind of conflicted now. Like I personally do. I've had nothing but a great time. Every time I've ever gone there as a fan for work was there in 2016 for Brady's first game back following the garbage deflate game suspension. I've hung out in the Muni lot a number of times. I've done shirtless keg bowling and, you know, put away IPAs and, you know, tossed a couple pierogies away out there with all the, the, the Cleveland fanimals. Like it's an awesome, awesome, awesome sports city. And I'm sure you guys are like us and that you love when the team reflects the identity of the city and the caliber and quality of the people. And when these Browns are firing on all cylinders right now, which you haven't really seen because the starting quarterback is suspended for, for reasons and things that none of us even care to discuss further because they're just salacious and obnoxious. But, um, you know, the Brown, like those are who the Browns are. And, you know, if you guys play that way on Sunday, um, cause the teams I think right now are playing very similar complementary, risk averse power running play action football with, you know, mediocre rush defenses, but you know, opportunistic secondaries, we could be in for a really tight entertaining game. Hmm. All right. One random question. Then we'll probably wrap up this, this, this segment. I've just, we drove by Foxborough. We were just took a road trip, my wife and my kids, and we drove by and I, and we had a bunch of friends that were playing hockey at the complex too. Their kids were over there skating. How good is that complex? Cause there's a lot of talk here in Cleveland about trying to build something similar, maybe not so close to the stadium or away from it. Is that a destination or people going to Foxborough to, I don't know, to, for, I don't know, to explain it to me. Cause we drove by it, but I didn't get to see it. And it looked pretty awesome. Oh, the mall that Tom Brady built. Just, yeah, like, place. Yeah, just everything that's over there. Yeah, I mean, look, you're not going to go out of your way to go there. Like, it's not the Mall of America. It's not a Six Flags. So it's, you know, if you're there and you don't, if you come in from out of town, right, and you don't have a tailgate that you guys get invited to, and I know Cleveland fans, you guys get after it in only ways that I know college football fans can. Like, the closest thing that you'll get to the Iron Bowl or World's Largest Outdoor Cocktail Party in the NFL is New Orleans, Kansas City, and Cleveland. Like, you guys are professional eaters, drinkers, and partiers. And my theory has always been, like, how come, like, all these fans of teams that are really cruddy, like, they know how to party and they're great at tailgating because, A, they can only be undefeated in one thing, and that's the pregame party. And, B, the flavor is always on the bottom. Like, think about it. Lobsters, soup, you know, uh, mussels and fries. Like, that's why we dip the garlic bread in your sadness, and that's what makes Cleveland so freaking wonderful. That said, you know, the mall that Tom Brady built Patriot place, like it's fine for a game day. If you don't get invited to a tailgate, there's a brewery. There's a couple of fun restaurants. There's a music spot. You can do some shopping. Uh, there's a few Instagrammable eateries and whatnot. But like, it's not something you're going to go out of your way to be like bucket list, bro. Spend a day and a half making a bunch of impulse purchases uh, and eating mediocre clam chowder at Patriot place. Like it's fine. Yeah, it's it's fun. not Fenway. It's not. No. Fenway. Nope. No, 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 no. Gillette Stadium's Gillette Stadium's fine. You'll notice now, like you'll see cranes in the end zone because they tore down the light tower uh, and the lighthouse rather that was in the end zone. And they're building a new one with some luxury suites. So like the, we like to say the cranes in the end zone 
are like a giant metaphor for this team. Like it might be great. We're not really sure, but it is a hundred percent under construction and everybody can't wait to see what it's like in a year. Daryl, last question. You take it away. How many deflated footballs is Bill packing for this weekend? Oh, gee, hold on a second. I didn't bring a spare pair. I didn't bring a spare pair of wooden underwear to put back on now that I fell off my dinosaur. Come on, Daryl. That was come old, on. Man. That was kind come of old. Come yeah. on. Agree on that. Game film. How many drones has he ordered to try? Oh, and buy geez. In oh man. I, I, I don't want. I don't want to pull. I don't want to pull. Uh, I don't want to pull an Ernest Biner and fumble away my chance to answer your question here. Uh, it was Biner, not Mac, right? It was Ernest. Yeah, yes. it was Ernest. I know. I hated that too. I remember. I remember as well. Uh, now, you know, the funny thing is, I don't think the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots have had a good cheating scandal. Although I will say, it is kind of fun that anytime something goes south or asunder with another team in the NFL, somehow all roads back, all roads lead back to Foxborough. Probably what we should have called the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. Like, think about it. This past offseason, Miami loses a first round pick. Stephen Ross, the whole Tom Brady thing. And that was real, by the way. Like I had heard from friends who knew people in and out of the outside the organization. Like he had been talking to them for ages. That was that was legit. That was all on the way down low. And then it started to boil to the surface. And look what happens. Belichick ends up texting the wrong Brian. Oh, or did he text the wrong Brian? And. Next thing you know, Dave all goes to the Giants. Oops, Tom Brady can't go to Miami. Oh, no, it cost them a couple of draft picks. Belichick's going to blame it on fat thumbs or being a grandpa iPhone user. Please, Belichick, please. He no knows chance. what he's, you know, he knows what he's doing. All right. I won't bring up Paul Bird and the whole steroid thing during. Never mind. I'm not going there. Thanks. <laughs> Remember, he pitched here, too. What uh, would you say, Daryl? Paul Bird pitched for the Indians, too. No, it was when he was pitching for the Indians, and suddenly there was a steroid yeah. scandal from mm. the Mitchell report the old while we were in Boston. What do you guys still – let me ask. What is Cleveland still saltier at Boston for? The entirety of Bill Belichick or the Red Sox comeback in Game 5 of the ALDS in 1999 when Pedro Martinez had a yeah. – Shoulder hanging off and pitch six perfect innings in relief. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I mean, like, I've never really. ALCS. Oh, ALCS? My, I forgot about yeah. that. You brought out Josh Beckett's girlfriend to tr like the ultimate anthem troll. And he just th he threw straight gas homie that night. That's oh, I forgot. You I'll guys be honest, like I think the biggest misconception in the world is that the Browns fired Bill. They didn't. Art did. And they were already in Baltimore. He that's wasn't right. fired here. So that's why I don't get too salty about that. Oh, that's a good point. You're right, Andy. Yeah. Um, well, uh, one team's trash is another team's uh, very grumpy, sleeveless, successful treasure. So thank you, guys. There you go. All right. We'll Actually, see you in the muni lot next time you're here. Don't you? I look forward to it, guys. I got a three-point game on Sunday. It could go either way. All I know is it's going to be entertaining, and it was uh, a pleasure being on game day in Cleveland. Well, this I'll give you a hint. Run the ball every play, and you, you'll win at this point because we can't stop the run. <laughs> that's my game day influence for you. You guys have given up 440 over the last two weeks, so that's 220 a game. To quote Mr. Mom, uh, 220, 221, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Good night, Fitzy. Thank you. We appreciate you. Good night, gentlemen. Good night. Back with more. It's always game day in Cleveland right after this. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Why don't you subscribe to the podcast? Seriously, we're coming over your house right now. We're going to make you subscribe to the podcast. Just listen to a little bit of it. That's all I need. And then you'll be hooked. You'll be a believer. You'll be like one of the monkeys, right? Be a believer.
right? Like, okay, whatever. Brought to you locally, our show is by our good friends at Smiley One Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. And if you need comfort, you should just subscribe to the podcast. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Uh, that was that was a fun interview, wasn't it? I had a good time. Yeah, he, 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 he was a good sport at the end. He was good, especially if you're going to bring up like old stuff, like the Flakeade. Come on, D. Come on, man. We're better than that. We can think of something. No, we're not. Like, you should have said, hey, have you been going to uh, the casinos there? Because I heard 21's pretty hot. That's how many games back the Red Sox were. <laughs> from the Yankees from winning the East. I did something like that. You could have done that. That would have been stellar. I would have been down with that. I have, I have a list of Boston burns that I keep pretty okay, close yeah. to the, uh, to the microphone while we're doing the show because of the, you know, who that calls in from Boston. And it's not like, I don't like people from Boston. I love going there. I think it's a great city. History is amazing. Everywhere you turn is a different college. It's just like, they're Fenway's just obnoxious awesome. sports fans and they've won so much that I'm just insanely jealous of that. And yeah. just tired of hearing about it. You know what? I always say better Boston than New York. How's that sound? No, no, really? No. Any day that a team from Boston or New York loses is a good day. <laughs> it I, just depends. I think it depends on who it is nope, and, it and the time. Nope. Of it. Doesn't depend. Nope. All right, speaking of Boston, what are the Browns going to do here against the Patriots? You had a chance to talk to some of the guys in the uh, locker room. Pray, start there, pray. Uh, All they got to do is run. Both pray. teams just need to run. That's it. Yeah. I. This could be the fastest game in the NFL this year. Oh, you had to say it. I don't care. Said it on the air today. And you know what? And It's my over, fault if it's if, not if, fast. Give me if a there break. Is, if this game goes to overtime Sunday, Andy, you and I are going to have it out on, on the postgame podcast. Fine with I'm, me. You know what? I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it on the network pregame show. Oh. This could be the fastest game of the year. Oh, you never, ever, ever under any circumstances. Hear my words. The fastest length game or of the year. length of a game. Oh, man. But, yeah, I do think it's going to be running back uh, slugfest numero uno. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Buck 61 uh, last week against the uh, vaunted Detroit Lion defense there. Um, uh, most, uh, I guess, uh, by a Patriots running back since 2014. Nick Chubb, by the way, does this every week. It's a novel thing for those the folks there in Boston. Uh, he's got 100 scrimmage yards in two of the past three games, so good for him. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb has done that in every game. Again, this is just, you know, they're trying to keep up with the Joneses out there in New England. But uh, here's what uh, safety John Johnson III one, Mac? Ha- had to say about uh, uh, having to slow down that uh, imitation of the Cleveland Browns running game and Stevenson. It's going to be a physical game. Um, Got to stay in your gap first and foremost because he he is elusive. Um, he has great vision, good feet. So definitely going to be a physical one. He runs hard. He's a tough tackle. So definitely got to uh, put like a red dot on him. And I think he's going to be the I think he's going to be the workhorse this game. By the way, I'm just having some fun with you, Andy. Oh, I know you are. Got to take everything. I don't know so that everyone serious. can see us though. Huh? You know, we did. A, there's some video of this. You know, we do video every week, just so everybody knows, just so I can see you. But we're going to go full blast video here real soon. I can. Feel I know, it. and I'm going to be so you know what when that happens. Right. Uh, and I just want to apologize to our audience in advance that this is this is not my idea. The, the, some Cheryl, genius, you were good when you were on TV with me. Who cares? Some genius Stop. thought it'd be good to put me on camera. Um, so there's that little uh, chestnut that they have to uh, to deal with. Uh, also, uh, Andrew Berry is trying to rebuild the defense on the fly, which is always good to do in the middle of the season. Oh, right? yeah. Week five is when I think the best time to start. Or week six, whatever it takes. So uh, <clears throat> Deion uh, Jones is going to come in here and save the defense, right? Like he's the missing one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Like totally, this is going to happen. Just ask him. What did he say? What did he say? Tell me. Yeah, that's big. That's big. I can't wait to see. Like I said, can't wait to see how I can help this team. And I mean, I'm here. I was really hoping to say, you know what? This team sucked without me, and I'm going to save the day. But that's a, that's a nice way of saying it. I just, you know, we'll see. I'm going to come in and see what I can do to help the team. Look, the Anthony Walker at practice on Wednesday was great to see him. He's on crutches. Uh, his basically his entire left leg is in in uh, a so I don't want to say such I, a brutal injury too. Yeah, um, like in a supportive brace, I think is how I want to describe. It wasn't a cast. It looked like it just a, a mechanical covering on his uh, on his leg. But it, it just everyone was so glad to see him. And the defense clearly has missed him tremendously, as evidenced by the last two weeks and them giving up about uh, what, what was the number four hundred and sixty plus yards. I don't uh, want to talk about. Or, or, or I don't do games. math. Done with um, math. I guess we're gonna put Steve eh, tongue in cheek. I said a buck fifty this week for uh, the the lead back. No, I said two fifty on the ground. Yeah. Uh, for the the Patriots potentially, um, if that happens, somebody should get fired. By the way. All right, what does Dion think about having uh, some big boys on the defensive ends? He's got some help, right? Jadavian right. Clowney, Miles Garrett, things he did not have in Atlanta. Two outside presences. You got to love that as a linebacker, you know, setting the edges and, of course, you know, rushing the passer. So can't wait to see, like I said, can't wait to see how I can add to all that. Did he say presence or presences? Hang on. Presences. You got to love that as a linebacker, you know, setting the edges. Hang on. Two outside presences. Okay, he said presences. I thought he said presence for a second. I was thinking right. of Christmas is quickly approaching. If you go to a hey, if he can stop the run, he is a Christmas present. I'll take it. <laughs> Absolutely. My I God, still don't he... understand what really went down with him in Atlanta, but that's okay. It could be our. Oh, okay. Well, let me explain uh, yeah. to you then. Um, basically, my take on the situation is that um, they stashed him on injured reserve until they could trade him type thing. Like they put gotcha. him on IR. They, they weren't going to play him. He's coming off an injury, so they didn't want him to get hurt again. So they stash him on injured reserve, close to getting off injured reserve, make the trade with the Browns to send him here uh, to Cleveland. Uh, he's basically ready to go because he he said today that the shoulder was always ready, but also, too, the Falcons were protecting him, i.e., they didn't want to put him on the field and risk injury. The other thing, too, is he re reworked his contract for them in September. Uh, is he like restructured the uh, like eight million dollars into a bonus or something like that to help out with their salary cap situation? But, um, you know, uh, they, they uh, I love this, I love the pickup by Andrew Barry, low risk, high reward type of a move. Yes, you, you basically sent a 2024 20, sixth round pick to the Falcons for a guy who can come in and help you immediately. Oh, and we know how much Andrew Barry loves his seventh round picks. He got a 2024 sure. seventh round pick uh, as a sweetener in the trade too. So I, I love this move, Andy. I really do. All sarcasm aside. Sure. I think no, I like it too. I, you, you know what? It shows you haven't stopped and you still care about the team and you're trying to win. hundred percent. Like it, it really shows that they believe that they should be, a contender, even with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback, and also validates what I have been saying on this podcast that Jacoby Brissett, his interceptions in the last three minutes as well, even if he was the quarterback last year, the Browns would have won 10 games and made the playoffs with all of them.
closing end of game interceptions too. All right, validate yourself. You want to play a little game here for the last minute of the show? Sure. All right, I'm here's it. Uh, you are you have to buy a Patriots jersey. I have a gun to your head right Ugh. now. You have to buy a Patriots jersey, and you cannot buy and you cannot buy Mac Jones. Hang on, and you can't buy Brian Hoyer. What are you buying? All right, I got my trash can just in case I feel ill. I'm sorry. What was the question again? Oh, hang on. Oh, it's lined with plastic, too. Okay. okay. So you have to buy a Patriots jersey. What am I losing my dinner over buying now? You're not allowed to buy a Mac Jones jersey, and you're not allowed to buy a Brian Hoyer jersey. You must buy one jersey of the New England Patriots. I'm buying a Tom Brady jersey. You must buy a jersey of an active player or at least someone on the practice squad. Now, see, or the that wasn't IR. the original question. You said I had to buy a Patriots I, I'm jersey. modifying it for you. Um, I'm looking through the roster. There is not so I, Devontae I am Parker. I am frantically looking right now. I'm not going to buy a Mac Wilson or a Jabril Peppers, even though both guys were great when they were in Cleveland. You know what? Because he he also was a really cool dude. How about a McCordy Brothers jersey? Okay, Devin, you got it. How about Fair a McCordy enough. Brothers jersey? They're like every year. They're like they're the Walter Payton Men of the Year. I'm trying to think. Ooh, oh, oh. How about um, no, no. I'm gonna buy a Jake Bailey. No, I don't know. Matt Sokol here. Let's who, get a who, custom Baskin jersey. I'm going to buy a Matt Sokol Ugh. from Michigan State. He wasn't bad there. That's about it. Okay. That's all I got. That was a dumb question, but at least it was fun. Okay. It's just, okay. I just, you look at the roster, it's just so Bill Belichick, right? It's safe for me to put my trash can away now? Uh, yeah, unless you've got that okay. syrup of Ipecac that you've been taking lately. <laughs> Daryl, last thought before we uh, round down the show. What do you got? Last thought. If they give up presents, oh, another presents. 200 plus on the ground. I will not be looking forward to our next podcast. Because <laughs> are you know we what? allowed they to can swear give up on this podcast? On the if they give up 200 on the ground, I may be doing a lot of swearing on the next podcast. <laughs> Which, by the way, considering what the Patriots game plan Sunday may be after watching that tape, ooh, I do hey, think Darryl. that um, all sarcasm aside, I think Jones plays Sunday. I think that they they activate him and he plays Sunday, but yeah, I I shudder to think if the Browns give up another two Bills on the ground, like just that that cannot happen. And I know what your final thought's going to be, so just get it out of your system. Say it again. Fastest game in the NFL this season. Oh, Sunday. you just disapp- I thought for sure you were going to say Jacoby Brissett. Please do not throw another interception. No, I'm not. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Jacoby. The other part about the Jacoby Brissett, like, I can't tell you how many of our callers think that Jacoby Brissett played in New England for like 30 years. Oh just yeah, for I, one he, season. Yeah, and then he got traded. He yeah. he was traded like he didn't leave. Like uh, Bill Bill like uh, had him for a year and was like, all right, uh, I'm I'm he he pulled up my cousin Vinny. I'm done with this guy. Good night, Daryl. For our producer, Meredith Kane, thank you. You're outstanding. Great, great job today. It was nice to have an interview in the show as well. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Want to be a part of the show down the road? So simple, so easy. Hit us up on social media. All you have to do is go to Game Day CLE on Instagram or Twitter and fire us off a question. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. Thanks for listening.